it's Ashley here, and on this week's episode of Mentor Chat, we'll be speaking with the principal from Duquesne Elementary School in Duquesne, Pennsylvania. Duquesne has been a longtime partner of us, the Mentoring Partnership, and as we keep conversations going about the importance of everyday mentoring, we wanted to hear from them about how they prioritize relationships during the school day, how centering relationships is sustained year after year, and most importantly, how the pandemic has impacted those relationships. This is a good one. I know you're going to enjoy it. So let's listen in. All right. So good afternoon, Mr. Harper. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of Mentor Chat. Just to kick us off, will you please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Hello, Miss Thomas. And I'm sorry, Ashley, I don't know your last name. But hello, yeah, hello. <laughs> uh, so yeah, my name is Eric Harper. I'm the building principal here at Duquesne Elementary School, which we serve students pre-K through seven uh, with the anticipation of returning our eighth grade next year. Uh, we will be a pre-K eight building. Um, I've been in this role as principal for three years now, uh, but I've worked for the district for I think going on 13 years. What does your day-to-day look like? Or is it always different? Do you have a typical day-to-day? So, so yeah. So I start my day off usually with meetings, morning meetings with our teachers and staff. And then for arrival, you know, our students come in around 825 every morning. So take every single one of the temperatures of our kiddos that come through, make sure they're wearing masks. Uh, we check their bags, you know, hand sanitizer. You know, it's just COVID life. You know, that's just kind of what we have to do. Uh, but I greet every single one of our students every single morning with a smile and, you know, tell them to have a great day. That example of greeting each student. One of the things we wanted to talk to you about on the podcast was everyday mentoring. Yeah. And so this idea of caring adults being more mentor-like with kids. And in a previous episode, we interviewed someone and greeting students by name was a specific example that we used you know, the greeting by name is not so easy nowadays because the faces are covered. So, you know, you got to really do a good job at knowing who students are through their eyeballs mm-hmm. or their hair <laughs> or something else. You know what I mean? But but no, that that is something that we we would have done. It was greet by name if the mask weren't on because you know who you're you're seeing most of the time. That's an interesting impact of COVID that I've never thought about something like small, but that may be kind of a big thing. But related to that, I was um, wondering more broadly, what is a, like your role or principal or administrator's role in establishing the environment or like culture in a school? And how do you create or facilitate a positive environment for students and staff or a mentor-like environment for students? So, so yeah, yeah, absolutely. We, um, you know, we do have a PBIS, which is positive behavior intervention support. I'm sure you guys are familiar with that. And our school-wide expectations are being safe, being respectful, and being responsible in all areas of the building. So um, everything starts there. So making sure that our students and our uh, our stakeholders understand those are school-wide expectations, we build off of those in every area of the building. So as we mentioned that during arrival. Um, it's real easy to tell a student to follow our school-wide expectations when telling them to pull their mask up because they're to be safe. And because all of our staff are aware of our school-wide expectations, that is just it. That is kind of our motto and what we live by throughout the school day. Um, and that transfers through 
how students transition from class to class, how they transition to and from um, cafeterias or their special subject areas that they attend, even when they get on and off the bus. Um, it's just common language throughout the school um, and throughout the community that we're being safe, being respectful, or being responsible at all times. To touch on the mentoring side of that, uh, because that's the expectation, um, oftentimes we have certain students who may hit a few bumps in the road and not, you know, maybe not following the expectations to how, you know, we want them to follow them. So that results in possible office discipline referrals or, you know, um, maybe some one-on-one -one conversations with those students. But how we, how we address, you know, again, going back to following those expectations is we assign each student to a basically a case manager slash mentor where they check in with them every morning and check out with them at, before they leave the building. So I like to put things in tiers. So like, you know, tier one intervention, obviously all students have access to that. Um, but then as we get to tier two, tier three, it's a little bit more specific to the need. So, you know, you might have a student who does well with being safe and being responsible, but doesn't do well with being respectful or, you know, vice versa. And once we identify that, we try to assign that student with someone they're most comfortable with so that they can have those conversations and support those students on how to uh, best, best follow our school-wide expectations. So it sounds like it's really individualized to the students. It, it is. It is. And, and we, we do have different programs. I know uh, Ms. Thomas was aware of our mentoring programs that we have in a building. Um, you know, they've changed over the years. Uh, we do have, um, you know, um, like Safety Patrol and Gentlemen's Academy and we call them Lady uh, Duchess Program. And all of these programs are geared around uh, support supporting the needs of our students giving them the opportunities to not only have a chance to speak to someone they're most comfortable with, but also giving them opportunity for leadership positions. So um, they end up becoming like our ambassadors of, of the building. And that's all based upon the relationships that they built with staff over that period of time. So you brought up so much um, that I, I think we know, but we don't really pay attention to on a day-to-day -day, given that we're supporting schools and programs mentoring efforts. And you you jumped off just talking about how really COVID has impacted the way you do your day-to-day. -day. Um, yeah. We wanted to speak with you because we know that you all prioritize relationships there at Duquesne, just from the relationship that we have with you all over a number of years. But one thing you started to talk about, um, and I'd like to dive deeper into that in relation to kind of giving every student a case manager or a mentor, um, how COVID or how the pandemic has impacted what those relationships look like. So now it sounds like everybody's matched up one-to-one -one, um, just to ensure safety and to help, it sounded like, um, reduce behavior infractions. How else have you seen the pandemic affect ways um, of building relationships within the, the building? So you hit the nail on the head. Like what we're doing right now, a lot of things have to now be virtual. Because of that, you know, that one-to-one -one, uh, is now video one-to-one. -one. You know, you really have to make sure students know how to get online. Like you really have to have those conversations prior to um, having a meeting. And sometimes those can be difficult, as you mentioned, you know, what are some of the things that are working and what aren't working? Um, 
yeah, like making sure students have access to the internet at home so they could jump on a one-to-one uh, video with their mentor. So that that is hard. That is difficult. But what we've learned over the years and through this pandemic is that we wanted to remove every excuse there could be for students not having access to a mentor or to an individual that needs support. So we had to purchase hotspots. You know, we had, we are a one-to-one district, so all of our kids do have devices, whether that's an iPad or a Chromebook. But um, so it's always accessible for a student to be able to jump online with one of their mentors or another supportive adult. Why has that been important to you all? I know all schools aren't doing that or don't have the capacity, and I don't say that in a negative light, but why is that one-to-one connection really important to you all? Because it's all about opportunity. Like we want our students to have the best opportunity to learn as possible. And, you know, your more affluent districts have, you know, may have been one-to-one for years, right? And because they had the money to purchase devices or, you know, purchase these different platforms for students to use, for us, we just felt like, you know, we needed, we need to be able to have our students compete. We need to be able to have our students receive the same amount of services and supports as some of these affluent districts are receiving and that they have the same uh, opportunities and access to learning as every other district. So before COVID hit, we were already pushing this information and getting support. So this was stuff that started before the pandemic. So we we talked from there about how you are supporting students both before the pandemic and during the pandemic. How are you all supporting teachers and staff? How are you like recognizing them and offering support so that they can in turn support and mentor the students? Yeah. So, you know, we, we have a, a, a school level leadership team. We also have an administrative team, which we call our cabinet. Uh, so we're always like, you know, basically taking the temperature and checking the climate of the building through those particular teams. We're always, you know, sending out surveys to teachers, asking the teachers, you know, how can we do things better or what would you like to see different or how can we support you? So a lot of those things come through surveys. Um, A lot of it's word of mouth. And of course, I'm just active. Like I'm never behind my desk unless I'm doing things like this. Like I'm out and about, I'm in the classrooms, in the hallways, in the cafeterias. And that's usually where you get the most bang for your buck. You know, folks will tell you in passing, that they need help here or support there or have great ideas uh, because they're, I don't know. I don't know what it is, why people just like to talk to you in the halls. Because for me, I'm always, send me an email, please, because I'll forget this. Because after you talk to me, somebody else is going to talk to me. Somebody else is going to talk to me. But um, I, I still encourage it because that lets me know that they feel comfortable approaching me with whatever concerns or uh, ideas that they have. So I'll always encourage it. But I always say, send me something in writing so it can be so I can remember and it can be documented. But, yeah, I, I guess to answer that question, like, how do we support them? It's just being available, being available, finding out what they want and recognizing them in small ways, whether that's an email shout out. We have like a uh, shout out board where you can write something about a teacher is positive, post it on the board for everybody to see. Yeah, a little small stuff, a little recognition, recognition all the time goes a long way. It does go a long way. I think that's one thing from students to adulthood, we all 
want to feel seen. Like it, right. it really, it's validating. Um, and it could be what seemingly is small or what may be something major, but that validation and that appreciation does go a long way. Um, so I had a question about, um, and I think you started to get into this, but how you incorporate joy and fun in the school settings and within the learning environment. And I asked you that question, not only for staff and teachers, but for students. So how do you create that culture within your building? What are some of those specific things that you would say, how you incorporate joy and fun? So, so through PBIS, through our PBIS system and our committees. So our PBIS system is broken into committees. You have a reward committee, you have expectation committee, um, and I'm forgetting a committee. I apologize. But through those through those committees, um, we come up with different things. So, for example, uh, Red Ribbon Week's coming up. As a parent, that's dreadful. I'm like, yeah. I don't have a red shirt yeah. today. So, so you're absolutely right. So we do a theme <laughs> for the whole week. So we'll have a theme based off, you know, so Monday might be like wear a red hat. You know, Tuesday might be wear your favorite red shirt. Wednesday might be wear some red socks. Because we're an elementary school, you know, our kids and our teachers love doing fun stuff like that. So we try to theme, we try to theme things out um, and do those types of spirit weeks or theme weeks uh, to keep it fun. We've had the opportunity just recently, uh, the Best of the Batch program came to our school with the rookie class, the Steelers rookie class, and handed out uh, book bags and PPE supplies. But then, above my surprise, they brought us some bikes. They brought us like... 15 bikes and you know first thing i looked i'm like wow what do you want me to do with this? i got 423 kids i want to do it 15 bikes not that i'm not grateful but i can't put these bikes on display i have all these kids fighting over them but um they they told me i can use it for my pbis incentives so for me like i said everything starts with those three expectations of being responsible being respectful and being safe and when you're caught doing those things you receive a ticket and at the end of each week, your name goes into a hat. We pull the name out the hat, and now you get the option of a certain prize. Although the bikes are something that they didn't have the option to choose from, the other incentives are options that the kids get to choose that they like. You know what I mean? It could be AirPods, can be video games, could be you know snacks, takis, whatever the heck these kids like to eat nowadays. So we try. <laughs> We try to get their feedback and uh, get their opinions and make sure we have the incentives uh, available and ready for them and reward them for doing the things that we're asking them to do. And that typically becomes fun because at the end of the day, we make a big deal out of it. We announce their names. We announce them as the winners, you know, and kids want to be acknowledged, you know, especially for doing something good. And then there's nothing like contacting a parent, letting a parent know, hey, your child got this award or reward because they were caught being safe, being respectful or being responsible. That's all uh, so great. You said so many great things in there. It's very clear that you all are very intentional. When we talk about everyday mentoring, we talk about being very intentional and very intentional with each interaction. And so you all have been intentional about embedding this in your school culture and like what you're doing. That seems very clear. I mean, having committees, I mean, it's a regular part of your day to day and that's really exciting to hear. And yeah, that all sounds like so much fun. And, and, and let me say, let me say this too, y'all, this isn't something that happened overnight. Like this took years and years and years. And 
we're not perfect at it at all. Um, it's still we're still growing uh, and trying to get better every day. But you find out through this process that that is important. Those committees and and actually having sacred time for committees to meet and scheduling those meetings are is equally as important because everybody has great ideas. But if you don't have a platform to share them, then those those ideas will fall to waste. So we we had to make sure that. We provided time in our calendar, in our schedules, that we get to have that platform to have these discussions and talk about the best needs and supports for our children. That's like a mic drop there. When we say that's important, I love that you say, okay, it's important. And it's so important that beyond just generating ideas, we have to carve out time for that to happen. Those are the things that make that sustainable and it it makes it purposeful. So being even more intentional, I think that's so important, especially hearing it from you, from from leadership, but creating that space for planning and generating ideas further to me says this is important. Like we're going to also carve out time to make sure we're, we're even that much more intentional. Yes, agreed. And not adding more to people's plate. Some people, I'm sure, get tired. They're like, oh my gosh, another great idea because it's another thing that I'm going to have to do. Another thing to my plate. I'm already doing all this. But when you're giving that space, then it becomes less burdensome. You know, I try not to take a lot of their free time away from them. So because every morning we have an allotted amount of time for professional development, I could take every single day to do that. But I don't. I'm intentional with that as well. So that staff have the opportunity to gear themselves up and prepare for the students for the day. So I'm very uh, mindful of that. Also, making sure that I'm checking in on the status of their well-being. You know what I mean? You know, just being mindful and being out there and going in and out of classes, talking to teachers. You know, I see that they might be a a tad bit stressed out based on maybe the amount of write-ups that I'm receiving from that particular teacher. I don't just let that, just let that slide. Like, we're going to have a conversation and I'm going to ask you, you know, if you, do, you, do you need some additional support? Do you need some help? You know, so asking those questions um, obviously can go a long way. I want to talk about this a little bit because we talk a lot about with everyday mentoring, there's, there's so much impact we know from our work that mentoring has for, for young people and adults alike. But being able to be intentional and specifically when um, working in diverse student environments and creating inclusive environments. And we know from data, more children of color are referred to the principal's office or referred for a behavior, et cetera. And you mentioned something about the teacher has a lot of referrals for a student. How you look at that is not like, oh, their class is unruly. Like, how can I support you? Because is this implying that you might need support and not necessarily like, oh, this whole class is causing chaos, right? right? I think that, wow, that was just so refreshing to hear when you think about this might indicate not that something is happening with the students. It might indicate that the support is needed for that staff right. person. So I thought right. that was like, wow. So, so Michelle, you know, we live, we, we live this everyday mentoring thing. It's not just something to say, like we live it. And these relationships are real relationships that are being built between student and staff. So I have to also expect that out of my staff to do the same thing that you're building these relationships, right? Well, I also have to build relationships with my staff. So I need to be able to check the temperature of what's going on with them and it's not always shared through words. 
I learned this over the years. You know, I can ask the same person the same question every single day and get different answers, but data doesn't lie. So whenever I pull this data and I see that there's a specific problem in this with this teacher that's writing X amount of referrals, yeah, it can't just always be about the kid. And I don't want to assume that. So when I do my due process, the teacher is involved in that due process. The students are being met with, but I'm also meeting with the teacher. And I'm going to throw this out there with it. Um, We also practice restorative practices here. We're all about rebuilding relationships. And it's not just between student and student. It's student and staff as well. And being intentional with providing time for that relationship to be rebuilt. So if that means I have to, you know, schedule coverage for a teacher so that they can go to another room with a third party involved to help restore a relationship, that's important to me. And we'll do that. And sometimes that has to happen to reduce office discipline referrals, because as a teacher, you've been in the classroom, there's not much time to sit and build relationship one on one with a kid because you have a classroom full of students. So any opportunity that I have to put a teacher and a student together that might have uh, some animosity or might have some issues or concerns, we we do that. That makes me think of that dot no dot exercise um, that we yeah, had. Yeah, I remember did. that. Yeah, yeah that make that's exactly like wow, that's dot no dot coming yeah. to life. Like, how do we ensure there's those dots? on a day-to-day basis. So thank you for that. That was an excellent example. It was again, like, wow. But like you said, in sharing that, you're you're living that every day. So yeah. creating that space to help ensure that those connections are strong. And it is life. And it is life. I, I, I remember like the, when we first started talking, Michelle, about the mentoring partnership and it was like, well, where do you fall at? Like what category of mentoring do you fall in? And it was rough that, pick one because I felt like we did them all. But everyday mentoring was like where we sat and we settled because it wasn't like trying to fit a, a square peg into a circle. Like it was really, this is life. We live it. And the only way to continue to do and reach the goal we want to reach is through relationships. It's through building those relationships. Everything starts there for us. My staff believes in it. My administration believes in it, so it's easy to live every day. Everybody's bought in. And before you mentioned that this has been a process and you're kind of constantly like working on it, mm-hmm. but from maybe where you were before in the process and kind of where you are now, what kind of, yeah. what have you seen or what kind of impacts have you seen? Yeah, so um, I've seen stronger relationships. I've seen, you know, um, Cool. Good or bad. Um, I'm going to say good because, you know, people open up more. They talk more about traumatic experiences. They talk more about their struggles and concerns that they have outside of school. And when they bring that to the light, we now can provide some type of support for them. We can attach some type of resource uh, to their particular issue or concern. So uh, what I've seen is a, more requests for assistance. That's what we use. We call them RFAs. For when a student says that they need support, instead of it just being, you know, an email, they actually do a, a, it's like a referral almost. And it asks specific questions about what the referrals for. We use those. We call them RFAs. I've seen an increase in those because, again, relationships are built or being built. Kids are opening up more. And now folks are feeling like, hey, 
I can't be the only one that's, um, that's hearing this information. I need to share it amongst others so that we can get support. So I've seen more referrals and I've seen more support happening. So that's, that's a great thing. Um, and there's different folks that want to start different organizations based upon the need because students are asking for help. So whether that be, you know, girls groups, like uh, whether that be um, clubs or stress and anger management, things like that. Like these are the things that our kids are asking for, not stuff that the staff says, this is what our kids need. So that's the difference from years ago to now. You know, as adults, we always say, all right, our kids need X, Y, and Z. Let's line it up. This is what they need. When not one time do we ask the kids, like, what do you guys want? What do you need? So that's that's the difference. I feel like every time we ask a question, you respond, you make me want to share something else. I love the youth voice. As adults, we sure do have a lot of great ideas, right, of what, what they need. I heard a young person say um, not too long ago, if adults would just get out of our way, like we know, and we're not creating that opportunity. We're like, hey, we know this will help you. Like, who told you that? Who told you that? No, it's true. Um, so that is so important. Um, one other thing was the language. And we're working overall as a network on the language because you do feel like you have to pick like, well, am I formal? Am I everyday? Yeah. Like relationships matter. So whether yeah. it's the what we try to capture is those, those short interactions yeah. or they're longer term, they can make a difference. Yeah. Um, and we never want people to try to feel like what what box do they fit in as mentoring could be loaded as it is anyway, then to think about, well, are we every day? Are we formal? Are we a combination? Do yeah. we do peer mentoring? Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> there's so many terms, but in, in essence, it's relationship building, it's rapport building, it's um, making young people feel seen, heard, recognized, an adult relationship. It's making an adult feel seen, heard, recognized. One last question that I have is if you have any personal mentoring stories that you would like to share. Oh, that's a, that's a lot. That's a loaded, that's a loaded question right there. Um, I would love to share a mentoring story with you. Uh, yeah, I, let's let's talk about this one because um, it makes me proud every day because I get to see this person. They are now employed here in my in the district. So as I mentioned to you before, I've been here for 13 years. <laughs> I'm now teaching and working with kids of kids that were here before. Like the kids that I've had now have kids that come through here, which is that's like it blows my mind every single day. When I see that, because I'm like, really, I'm, am I that old? Like, really, where did the time go? So uh, one particular student of mine, uh, maybe my second year here, you know, inspired to be a college football player. That's my background. I had the opportunity to play college football. Uh, that was my way out of my community. And like most, you know, young black men, at least then, there wasn't that many opportunities to get out besides sports. You know, we didn't really look at academics as a way to get out just because in my opinion, you only know what you know. And, you know, without getting into uh, so much detail, like I, my parents weren't college students. So college wasn't something that was talked about or even we'll say a goal of mine. My older brother kind of put that in my, my lap because he was an athlete and he played college football and I seen the opportunities that it brought to him. So I wanted to do the same thing. So that put me in that mind frame of always wanting to give back because I feel like without having that person to show you 
or, or again, I go back to you only know what you know. You can only know what you're exposed to. So I try my best to expose the folks that are around me to different things so that they can now make informed decisions of how they want to move on through life. So uh, my second year here, I had a young man who, you know, he wanted to play college football and, you know, he wanted to pick my brain about what was college football like, where are the places that you travel, talk about injury, talk about being a student athlete, student first, athlete second, you know, so we had all these conversations and, you know, over the years we kept in touch and he had his opportunity, went and played football for IUP, had a pretty decent, you know, college career. He graduated from college and then soon he got out of college, he contacted me. I was my first year principal and he's like, you know, I would like to come and work for schools and do the same thing you did for me, Coach Hart. I'm like, uh, awesome. And uh, he's now working for the district and he calls me Coach Hart every day. I see him in the, in the hallways. Hey, Coach Hart, it's a, it's a pleasure to see him every day and see him now being an everyday mentor. So that is, that's, like I said, that's priceless. You can't even put, you can't put a price tag on it. And I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change it for, for anything. Well, thanks for, for sharing that. I like too that everyone's paying it forward and you have this like whole chain of mentors who's keeping it going. And I think that's yeah. a really big part of everyday mentoring and a really essential part. So yes, yeah, so thank you for sharing. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Stay inspired. Stay inspired. Stay inspired. November is Thank Your Mentee Month. Principal Harper's story about his mentee is a great reminder that a mentoring relationship is a two-way relationship and an opportunity for both the mentor and mentee to learn and grow. If you have a special young person in your life, I would like to encourage you to take a moment to celebrate your mentee and share with them how they have impacted your life. You can also share your stories at mentoring.org backslash T-Y-M or give your mentee a shout out on social media and hashtag thank your mentee. Thanks for listening. If you like what you've heard from Mentor Chat, be sure to give us a rating and subscribe to see all of our latest episodes. Also, if you have thoughts or questions, please leave a comment or email us at info at mentoringpittsburgh.org. We'd love to hear from you. Mentor Chat is written, produced, and hosted by Michelle Thomas and Ashley Moylan with the Mentoring Partnership of Southwestern Pennsylvania. Our music is Cheery Monday by Kevin McLeod. Special thank yous to Kristen Allen and the Mentoring Partnership team. Thank you to Eric Harper. For more information about us, mentoring, and our guest interviews, take a look at this episode's show notes and visit the Mentoring Partnerships website at www.mentoringpittsburgh.com.